Hello, I'm Sam Lichtenstein, Stratfor Director of Global Security Analysts at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Ryan Boll, in for Emily Donahue. India has recently taken major steps to revamp its regulatory environment for big tech and other major players in the tech space. Critics charge that these new laws, in combination with existing laws, are designed to boost the power of the government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his nationalist allies. But the government claims it's trying to better protect consumers and ensure their data is not misused. To talk about this issue, I'm speaking with Bhumi Patel, a Stratfor South Asia analyst at Rain. Thanks for joining me, Bumi. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So what's, uh, what are these proposed laws uh, that India is, is doing, and what do they mean for business? Well, Ryan, way to start off with a loaded question. So we have to break this down in two different parts. Let's start with the first half and talk about the laws and what they require. In 2019, the Personal Data Protection Bill was proposed in the Indian Parliament, and that's still pending approval. These proposed data regulations are tailored to provide high levels of data privacy, particularly when it comes to consumer data and other types of sensitive personal data. If passed, the bill will limit foreign companies from removing any Indian user data from within the country's borders, meaning all firms in possession of sensitive consumer data would need to house the data in data centers within India. Any transfers of data outside of the country would need approval from the Data Protection Authority, which you can see as a regulatory body that essentially oversees adherence to the rules. Um, And it is also a body that's established by the bill. So to address the second part of your question, the rules increase operational costs for foreign firms, particularly in data-intensive sectors like software, e-commerce, artificial intelligence, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, digital payments, financial services, the list goes on. And it also limits their ability to commercialize any of that collected data. So as you may know, selling for ads, um, algorithmic advertising, that type of thing. So it creates a new burden for business, but does it do anything to enhance the country's cybersecurity? Unfortunately not. Interestingly enough, India does not actually have designated laws to address cybersecurity. Instead, the country's cybersecurity requirements are outlined in the Information Technology Act of 2001 and its provisions that protect electronic data, including consumer information. The rules specifically stipulate that hacking, denial of service attacks, phishing, malware attacks, identity fraud, and electronic theft are punishable under the IT Act. But in 2013, the government amended the act through the Information Technology Rules, which established the Indian Computer Emergency Response Team, also known as CERT, as the lead agency responsible for cyber incident response, collection, analysis, and dissemination. In addition to the IT Act, the Indian government has implemented a number of other regulations to assist in its cybersecurity efforts. However, these provisions alone don't protect against cyber attacks. In fact, according to British cybersecurity firm Sophos, Indian companies remain more likely to be cyber attack targets than companies in any other country surveyed. This is primarily due to India's large and growing domestic ransomware market, in which Indian hackers target Indian companies amid insufficient national cybersecurity regulations. 
In a recent survey published by the firm in 2021, 68% out of the 300 Indian companies surveyed paid a ransom to recover data encrypted by attackers in 2020. While this percentage represented only a marginal increase over 2019, 66%, the monetary costs associated with recovering from ransomware attacks increased from an average of $1.1 million in 2019 to $3.38 million in 2020. In addition to increased costs, 86% of the respondents felt that their in-house information technology teams were no longer capable of combating complex cyber attacks on their own compared to the global average of 54%. And this latest data published by Sophos follows a trend of increasing ransomware attacks in India, mirroring trends elsewhere in the world. The National Crime Records Bureau of India reported that between 2018 and 2019, the number of attacks doubled, while Sophos reported that nearly 82% of its survey respondents were victims of ransomware attacks in 2019. A, per- a percentage that likely sustained and may have increased in 2020. The trend was exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic, as companies were forced to rely on a remote workforce, presenting more opportunities for criminals to perpetrate attacks. For example, Russian cybersecurity firm Kaspersky identified 22 forms of malware in India hidden behind infected informational documents about the coronavirus, including scams targeting individuals paying for COVID-19 tests and treatment medications like a chloroquine, which was heavily used in India at the time. Currently, India's cybersecurity landscape is disjointed because corporate recording requirements surrounding cyber attacks are voluntary, and there is a lack of regulation establishing accountability for those who violate these cybersecurity rules. So without comprehensive regulations in place, unfortunately, these latest regulations don't do much to really protect the consumers and participants in the Indian market. So if they don't necessarily make cyberspace much safer, what are these laws trying to achieve? Simply put, they give the government more control over data. By requiring data centers containing personal identifying information to be housed within India, law enforcement agencies have greater and more reliable access to that information should it be needed for an investigation. It's especially concerning if those investigations involve social media posts or other digital content that under the current ruling government's definition threatens the country's sovereignty. We have already seen Modi use this definition to essentially censor individuals who either came out in support of the farmer protests back in February or were critical of the government's response to the pandemic second wave over the past few months. So when you take a look at the proposed personal data protection bill and combine them with the new IT laws, also known as the social media rules that came into effect on May 26th of this year, it paints a scary picture of the types of tools available to the central government to not only identify anyone who publicly speaks against Modi, but to also punish them under law. Well, thanks so much, Bumi, for that high-level overview of India's IT sector and its consequences for business. Sure thing, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter from Rain. We'll send you regular updates on South Asian geopolitics and its implications for business. Find out more at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening. <laughs>